Hello, hello. And welcome back to Ignite Your Light with Zara Black. We will be talking about falling for the narcissist. How many of us have actually encountered a narcissist in our lives? Probably all of us at some point. Some of us were raised by narcissists, some of us have narcissistic friends, and some of us were unfortunate enough to get into a relationship with a narcissist. So what we're going to do is talk a little bit about a narcissist. As I've mentioned in my past two podcasts, I married a narcissist a psychopathic narcissist. So I'm just going to be going through what those red flags were and what exactly a narcissist is because I think it's sort of sold to us as being quite cool. <laughs> One artist actually says in his his song, I don't even know who sings that song, but he's like, I'm a narcissist. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, how is he actually saying this? You know, that word, narcissist. But I think we're kind of sold this impression of a narcissist just being somebody that loves themselves, somebody conceited, somebody that just takes pictures all the time, somebody that just has pictures all over the gaff, pictures on their dresser, you know, screensaver, bloody, just loving on themselves. And I do not think that that is a correct sort of description of a narcissist. Those of you who have actually been with a narcissist, you you know. <laughs> you know what a narcissist is and it's it's more than taking pictures, I tell you. So we're going to go into the stages or we'll start rather with the stages of how being in, in a relationship with a narcissist actually goes. And if you find yourself in this kind of situation, you'll know that you are dating a narcissist, okay? You have fallen for the narcissist. You are with a narcissist. You need to get out of that relationship with a narcissist. And that's whether the narcissist is your friend, your boyfriend, the husband, the coworker, or even the religious leader. So yeah, so a narcissist is basically somebody who is a liar, a pathological liar. The person might cheat, they might steal, they might manipulate, confuse, destroy that kind of thing there's somebody that's very very they might be very charming and things like that in the beginning but they'll always show themselves in the end i think um we call it when the mask falls you know that's when the narcissist shows you their true self their true colors right and this can happen a number of times because a narcissist is actually a chameleon they can adapt to different settings. They can adapt to different people. They're one of those people that sit and wait and, and watch that kind of thing. You know how people normally say, oh, watch out for the quiet ones and stuff like that. A narcissist is kind of like that. It doesn't mean that they're quiet people because there's actually two types of narcissist. You can have the overt narcissist or you can have the covert narcissist. Now, an overt narcissist is somebody that, yeah, you might find, you know, taking the pictures and, you know, being really vain and stuff like that. Um, they might be very... Um, cocky, they might be somebody that just, you know, loves on themselves really. Um, they're quite brash about things. They're quite aggressive. They believe in themselves so much. They've got really high, unhealthy, unhealthily high confidence levels, even though sometimes this may not be warranted, okay? <laughs> 
Um, and a covert narcissist is somebody who, yeah, they might just stay in the bleachers. They might sit and wait and watch that kind of thing. They'll sit in the back and just observe, 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 and try and see when they can, um, pounce, right? They're a, a chameleon, chameleon. They can actually adapt to change, um, whatever setting that they're in. Um, I don't know if anybody's watched Dirty John on Netflix. <laughs> That's a narcissist. Dirty John was definitely a narcissist. Okay. So as I said, you know, these people are just, they're fake. They're just fake people. Okay. They're, they have no empathy. They're just out there for what, for what they can gain from you. You know, have you ever had that coworker and they're just like unnecessarily nice all the time? Oh, you know, don't worry. I'll lock up. Oh, you do want something. I'm going to the shop. You know, could I get you something i i got i got you this i got you a present on my lunch break or whatever and you're just thinking wow this person's really nice you know even in a relationship i mean this might be the the guy that you've been waiting for waiting on you hand and foot i'm talking you know back rubs foot rubs every night oh he cooks he cleans you know babe don't worry about that i'll do this i'll do that just like wow i mean you know i didn't know these kind of guys existed or even a girl you know i didn't know this kind of girl existed man she just does everything she just ticks all the boxes so you might actually go into the relationship with the narcissist thinking okay this is this is a match made in heaven kind of thing i mean yeah they're just ticking all the boxes but this is actually a recipe for disaster this is a match made in hell okay being with a narcissist is a match made in hell because a narcissist is a taker and if you're with a narcissist, you might find yourself as a very empathetic person. And by an empathetic person, I mean, you know, a really nice and sweet soul, a very calm spirit, somebody who just wants to, to give, you know, you want to give, you want to give love, you want to make people feel wanted, you want to make people feel at home, you want to make people feel comfortable around you, you're very friendly and outgoing person and the narcissist is the complete opposite all they want to know is what they can take from you so the narcissist is the takers and the empathic people are the givers so give and take give and take but it's like the empaths just give 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 and the narcissist just takes 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 and it just never never really end the empath may go into the relationship thinking okay well if i just give 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 i mean eventually i'll i'll get some of that love back that's the, that that's the the end goal with the empathic person falsely believing that they can if they just give enough love they just give enough to the narcissist the narcissist may reciprocate and actually give that love back to the empathic person and yes as i said um it's just a car crash waiting to happen because the empath wants to heal the narcissist and make everything feel better make the narcissist feel at home heal all the narcissist childhood wounds and you know the empath gets chewed up alive that's the truth you get chewed up alive when you try and um heal the narcissist and be there for that for the narcissist and you know again it's not just relationships you need to look out you know sometimes these are your friends they'll come in you're thinking rah this is my bestie you know my ride or die whatever 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 i can trust this person and eventually you do get chewed up alive that person just turns on you the mask has fallen you know they start telling all your secrets they start you know bringing out what you did in 2015 and you know it all just falls apart you know so the stages of um being you know in a relationship with the narcissist is initially 
they will love bomb you okay they will love bomb you and by love bomb it's that every single narcissist will have this love bomb stage so you know let's say you're in a relationship with them so they'll be taking you on dates they'll put you on a pedestal they'll buy you gifts you know they'll be charming with your family they'll be future faking oh babe we're gonna buy a house we're gonna have the kids we're gonna get a dog um you know they'll even claim to be your soulmate sometimes they've got a strong bond with you they'll be texting you all the time calling you all the time just giving you that attention that you've always wanted really um you know you may feel oh i've never felt this way before that kind of thing if it's like a co-worker you know they might be like just overly nice like in the workplace oh you know let's go out on the weekend out for drinks whatever whatever if there's a friend you know just somebody that you feel is like your ride or die that kind of person and again even if you are in a um religious setting or in a social setting or you've gotten yourself you know into a cult or something <laughs> Um, they can be love bombing you as well by making you feel so at home. Oh, welcome to the church, my sister. Giving you so much attention. Oh, is everything okay? Do you need a ride home? Blah, blah, blah. We're always here for you. You can always talk to us, sending you messages like, you know, on um, Facebook or Messenger or whatever, making sure you're okay. Did you get home? Fine. That kind of thing. So that's love bombing as well. Just making that really strong connection and making you feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're really wanted in that setting or that relationship or that friendship or what have you, right? I mean the empathic person that normally falls for the narcissist and, and actually creates this match made in hell, usually that person has some sort of attachment trauma. And this is not to say that, oh, everybody that falls for a narcissist, there's something wrong with you. But generally, an empath and a narcissist are like two two opposites and opposites attract as they say so sometimes some of the time that person has attachment trauma usually they've probably been abused neglected maybe felt unloved as a child so what they want to do in life as an adult is go out into the world as an adult and almost seek this love that they never got when they were a child they're trying to heal those wounds of being unloved and unwanted and trying to get that love from the narcissist and they think that they found this love and validation in the narcissist because the narcissist love bombs them in the beginning you know this person might have some kind of core shame within them like maybe your parents used to abuse you criticize you judging you so you start feeling like i'm not good enough i'm stupid sometimes parents can even diss the way you look and things like that just making you feel like a core sense of shame um you know if you've grown up in a religious setting as well you're constantly thinking you know god is judging me i'm a sinner i'm going to hell just thinking really negative thoughts about yourself and that leads to self-love deficiency you have a deficiency of self-love within you. So you might always feel lonely, pathological loneliness even. You know, you might always seek friendships, always trying to gain new friends and um, maybe have a boyfriend or a girlfriend just to seek that validation. Like, you know, somebody loves me at least, you know, I'm in a relationship, you know, or I have all these friends. I'm, you know, I'm a worthy person, even though maybe you might not love yourself or might have some kind of um, deficiency in, in, in loving yourself. But the ultimate goal 
of the narcissist in the beginning with that love bombing stage is to build that trust. This is a person I can trust. This is my ride or die. This is a person I can trust in the workplace or this is, you know, a religious leader or whatever that I can trust. There's a guru I can trust. This is a man that I can trust. And eventually they just lead you into confusion, really. They just want to test the waters to see if, okay, is this person going to fall for all this love bombing? Are they going to get into this relationship with me? They'll try and really hurry up the relationship if you're in a relationship with them. Oh, you know what? Let's move in together. Let's get married. You know, let's have kids. Let's start a business together. Oh, I really want to meet your kids. Lots of speed in the, in the relationship. It's all moving a bit too fast. That kind of thing. So, you know, when the narcissist is finally secured you secured you in their bag what they'll do is the mask will start slipping and that's why they have to hurry up with the with the relationship because eventually you're going to see through you know the bs and maybe start to run away from them and they don't want that that's why they want to secure you with you know a pregnancy or um a marriage or you know just tricking you into maybe starting a business with them or something like that so that if you ever try and leave you know you feel stuck because obviously oh now we're married and i don't want a divorce or oh gosh now we've got kids or oh my god what's going to happen with the business or they'll just get you to feel stuck and that's their ultimate goal so when so then the next stage is probably when the tension starts building you'll start to have misunderstandings a breakdown of communication there start to be arguments or maybe you found something out and maybe this narcissist has been lying or cheating even you might have found some text in the phone or something like that and you're trying not to, you know, rock the apple cart, but you know, something, something is wrong here. So maybe you try and call them out for, you know, what you found, or maybe they've done something that you don't agree with, or, you know, maybe they try and call you out for something that they don't agree with, or their attempts to control you rather. And, you know, eventually all just ends up in a big blow up. There's, they lose respect for you. This is called the discard devaluation stage where the narcissist just loses all respect for you they, they kick off completely they kick you off the, the, that pedestal that they put you on initially they might start to start calling you names up you know you're fat you're ugly who wants you nobody wants you you're this you're that you know i could do much better than you start calling you names humiliating you um threatening you throwing objects you know they might start to say I'm taking the kids or, you know, start to take your stuff from you. Like you're not leaving this house. Um, like I explained that, you know, my ex-husband, he would do this all the time. He would take my phone and say, I'm not leaving the house and stuff like that. If I get scared and I'm like, I need to call the police or something. Um, he would take my phone and things like that. So I couldn't, um, he would take my keys so I couldn't even leave the house. I couldn't like get in my car and leave that kind of thing. They might start harassing you, stalking you, even gaslighting you as well. Gaslighting is a huge thing, um, with narcissists. They almost try and distort your reality. So like I said before, you might find a text in the phone or something like that. 
and you're you've confronted the narcissist like okay you know I've, I've seen a text in the phone like who is she who is this girl kind of thing and um the narcissist would be like what what are you talking about what text like you what like are you going crazy are you seeing things you know so you will start to doubt your own reality like hold on a minute i swear i did see a text in the phone or you know something like that i swear i did find this or you know start to distort your reality so even though you know say you you saw that text the narcissist will tell you no you didn't no you didn't see that text you're actually going crazy oh your phone was ringing you know and there was you know a charlotte calling and the narcissist will be like what are you talking about there was no charlotte that kind of thing distorting your reality as to what exactly is going on in actual reality that they are lying cheating or manipulating you so at this stage, the victim may even try and bite back and call the narcissist out, really. Call the police, try and protect yourself, try and even get away. Like, you know what? I'm leaving this relationship. I can't, I can't deal with all of this kind of abuse and all of this. And um, yeah, it just goes round in circles because that's when the hoovering stage comes in. And the hoovering is the, please take me back. You know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. You know, it wasn't like that. I promise it will never happen again. I've learned from my mistakes. Just give me one more chance. I love you so much. They might even threaten to kill themselves. They might threaten suicide at this stage, declaring their love for you, buying you the gifts that you've asked for. Oh, you know, you know that was on my wish list. Oh, they will provide it, <laughs> believe that. You know, they'll do anything to get back in your good books suggest counseling you know marriage counseling or you know oh you know we can talk to the pastor about it you know i heard that one a few times <laughs> they'll try anything i'll change you know oh you know it wasn't me i wasn't being myself you know i was just feeling stressed because of the money situation or it was the drugs i took or it was the alcohol or it was the baby mama you know blame it on the baby mama <laughs> just begging you know enlisting the help of other people you know they might start to reach out to your family and your friends to help them out oh please you know i love your sister so much or you know i love your daughter so much please i just want another chance and then your family and friends will start to like stick up for them oh give him another go give him another go you know he loves you look at how you look at how he's he's tried so hard to hoover you up by stalking you and coming to your friends and family's house and stuff like that they might even try and even deny that the abuse even took place or you know you're just too sensitive or you were snooping through the phone and no it never happened they might actually stick to their guns that they're actually right and you were just imagining the whole thing so if you actually fall for it and believe that you know what, actually, yeah, maybe I was just overreacting. Maybe I didn't see Charlotte calling the phone. Maybe I didn't see that Snapchat. You know, maybe I didn't see these things. Okay, maybe I'll give it another chance. That's when you take the narcissist back because you don't actually realize what is actually going on here and that the narcissist has just literally just set you up to fall right back into their hands. You know, you'll take them back. Then the honeymoon phase starts all over again. You all get back together. You've given them another chance. You've moved on. You forget the incident even happened at all. You 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 might at this stage even drop legal proceedings or charges that you have on this narcissist if they were physically abusive or something like that. 
you might feel relieved, hopeful that the narcissist has changed. Oh, he finally gets it. He finally sees where I'm coming from. He finally gets it. You know, he's admitted to his mistakes. He's, um, or let me, see, let me use a she as well. Cause you know, uh, we got some female narcissists as well, you know, that will act like, you know, oh, this is the woman of my dreams and stuff like that. Then they'll start acting crazy. Okay, they'll start acting crazy and, oh, no, babe, take me back, take me back. And this kind of thing, it was this, it was that, it was this, it was that. Excuses for for the poor behavior, for abusive behavior even, and beg for her position back in your life. And you'll take her back because you believe all the stuff that she's telling you that, you know, she's changed. She's not going to do this. She's not going to do that. She's going to stop texting those guys. She's going to, she won't hit you this time. Or, you know, she was just drunk. That's why this thing happened. Blaming on this, blaming on that, blaming on the baby daddy and not taking responsibility for her abusive actions. Okay. So then it all starts all over again. You've got the ideal idealization stage or the love bombing stage where they put you on this pedestal, buying you gifts again, talking about the future with you, future faking. Um, then the tension happens again. Again, this can happen with a friend. You'll start rocking together again, you know, your codies again. And then this person does some stuff and you're like, mm, mm not this again. They kick off and then you all fall out and then they beg for their position. I've seen what I've done. I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then it all just happens all over again. You know, this is an abusive cycle and it keeps going round and round and round until you wake up and see, hold on a minute. We've been through this a few times. I've actually forgiven and forgotten a lot of the stuff that you've actually done to me. When am I going to start thinking of myself when am i going to stop putting myself on the back burner and forgiving you all the time what am i actually sticking in this relationship for and that's what we need to ask ourselves why am i actually in this relationship why do i actually keep taking this person back do i not love myself enough do i have a self-love deficiency am i lonely why am I in this relationship? Do I, do, I, do I think that this person actually loves me? Surely, if the person is abusing me, they can't respect me, they can't love me. They're obviously aware of what they're doing. You know, this has happened time and time and time again. You've expressed to this narcissist exactly what they've been doing to hurt you. And they just keep doing it. I mean, those texts just keep coming in or that physical abuse just keeps happening or they keep putting you down, belittling you, criticizing you, making you feel bad about yourself. Why am I actually in there? There needs to come a time where there is no excuses and you just throw that narcissist away because this is systematic. It keeps going around in circles. It's an abusive cycle. It just goes round and round and round again until they hoover you up, you forgive them, you give them another chance and they do exactly the same thing over and over and over again until you put a stop to it. You put a stop to the cycle. I don't care if I need to be lonely. I don't care if I need to be alone for the rest of my life. I'd rather be alone and happy than to be in some fake relationship that this person doesn't respect me. There comes a time where you need to know your worth and not 
be lonely. I think a lot of people stay in these relationships um, maybe because they're lonely or afraid to move on. But the thing about being lonely is that you're actually forced to know yourself. You're forced to love yourself because you don't have anybody else to fall back on. You know, you can't use this person as a crutch to almost validate you and say, well, he loves me or she loves me, so I must be a worthy person. You're almost hiding in the relationship to almost prove to yourself that, you know, you're you're a loved person. You know, this is what nine times out of 10, you've always been waiting for somebody to finally swoop in, the savior to come in and actually love you. You know, somebody that actually sees me, somebody that actually gets me, somebody that actually wants to stand with me. Who the hell doesn't want that? But the thing with these narcissists is that it's all fake. They don't want to stand with you. They don't want to be with you. They don't love you. They're just out for what they can get out of the relationship. You know, that's why there is tons of financial abuse in these relationships. Most of the time, the, the narcissist won't be pulling their weight. Let's say it's the other way around, where the narcissist is the breadwinner, for example, and you're maybe financially dependent on the narcissist. The narcissist will use that as a point of power and control because the narcissist knows that you're financially dependent on them. So they'll do stuff withholding money and, you know, an, an allowance or a really stringent allowance or not allowing you to, to even have an allowance even, you know, I'll, I'll do, I'll do all the shopping. I'll buy what we need around here. You don't need anything. and really keeping you in that state of, um, dependency. So, you might be hiding in the relationship to almost validate your your own unhappiness even or you don't want to to break free from the relationship because you're you're scared to be alone but you know as i said when you are alone you're actually you you're actually faced with your own self and you get to know yourself so much more because you get to find out what you like and what you don't like where you like to go um the things you like to do you know, you really start to develop that strong sense of self, that strong sense of who am I? You're not hiding in a relationship like, okay, somebody loves me at least. Because the thing is, when you're in a relationship with the narcissist, it's almost like you've seen enough at this point. And there comes a, ta a time where you need to respect yourself. You know, you need to love yourself more than you love that narcissist. You know, you need to respect yourself and walk away because I always bring up this um, this kind of saying of mine, like when I was in the marriage with my narcissist and I said, it's almost like I'm cheating on myself because I'm supposed to have this really strong relationship with myself. I'm supposed to have this really strong bond with myself where I respect myself, I love myself unconditionally, I can validate my own self, I have a strong you know, sense of myself and I know what I want and what I don't want. So why am I in this relationship that I don't want? I don't want a man to belittle me, criticize me, abuse me, um, devalue me and that kind of thing so why am I in this relationship where a man is constantly criticizing me belittling me threatening me um calling me names and stuff like that I'm actually cheating on my own self I'm cheating on myself by being with this person because those are the things that I don't want. These are the things that I don't stand for. I don't believe in domestic violence. I don't believe in domestic abuse. So why am I in this situation 
where this person is emotionally abusing me, psychologically abusing me, financially abusing me. I'm cheating on my own self. In my marriage, for example, the narcissist would be very clever with a lot of financial abuse. The narcissist knew that I was okay, you know, financially, right? So the narcissist would deliberately not pull his weight because the narcissist knew that, I mean, I'm not going to wait until, you know, the electric goes on, on emergency. Like I will check that regularly and make sure, okay, we don't run out. So why isn't the narcissist doing the same? I'm, I'm pulling the narcissist's weight because the narcissist knows that you're going to do it anyway. So the narcissist will not um, pull their weight financially because they're expecting you to do it. They'll trick you into maybe buying stuff. I I heard of a, a, a friend of mine who was with a narcissist. You know, the narcissist will take out credit cards in her name. The narcissist will take out a higher purchase vehicle in her name. She'll be going to college and, you know, whatever she's doing, shopping or what have you. Um, and she'll be getting on the bus, you know, being humble and getting on the bus. And, you know, the narcissist is driving her HP car around the place, probably picking up some other women and doing stuff like that, you know, running up credit card debts and not paying it. And, you know, she'll obviously pick up the bill. Why? Because it's her name and she's not trying to get adverse credit history out of it. So she's going to do the responsible thing because nine times out of 10, the narcissist knows that you're a responsible person who's going to do the right thing. And you will pay that bill. So there's a lot of financial abuse going on there as well. So, I mean, ultimately you have to ask yourself, you know, why am I really here? You know, do I not deserve more? Do I not know that there are thousands and thousands of thousands of other women out there who are, who's actually going to see me um, and love me wholeheartedly? for who I really am? Do I not know that there's other men who won't threaten me, make me feel intimidated, will not abuse me, will not call me names? There are people out there who who don't do these things. There are people who are not narcissistic and will not abuse you in any type of way. So anyway, just to round up, I just wanted to say ultimately that I think I saw this meme once. I, you know, I love my memes. <laughs> so this meme said, a relationship with a narcissist is like glass. It's better to leave it broken than to try and fix it because you'll hurt yourself in the process. And that's the truth. When you break a glass and you drop that on the floor, it's better to just sweep it up and throw it away. Throw it away. Because when you try and fix the glass back together, you're trying to mend it, you will cut yourself. You will hurt yourself. You will bleed in this relationship with the narcissist. There is absolutely nothing good that comes out of a relationship with a narcissist. You will end in pieces. You will cut yourself. You will bleed. You will hurt yourself in the process. So if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, please, please, please quit while you're ahead because you can be in a relationship with a narcissist for a year and you can break up in a year. You can be with them for two years, five years, 10 years. Who wants to waste 10 years of their life with a narcissist, 14 years of, of, of their life with a narcissist? You're wasting your good years. You might as well 
cut your losses and get with somebody that actually appreciates you, somebody that validates you, somebody that values you as a person and somebody ultimately who is not abusive, that you're not gonna leave the relationship in pieces. There is absolutely nothing worth fighting for with a narcissist. You have to understand that some behaviors are unforgivable. It's okay to leave. I think we've had this kind of notion that, you know, we need to stick it out in relationships. You know, we've got to fight for it, fight for our love, fight for this love. And no, we don't have to fight for this love because abuse is not love. No matter how much love that they've shown you, again, that's a love bombing stage. It's always going to end in the same cycle of abuse all the time. Sometimes it might be even two days, three days later, the narcissist will show you their true colors all over again there's nothing to to win from this relationship because you know you've probably seen enough yourself this person's just going to keep abusing you over and over again so i mean why make it two years three years five years ten years you know you've seen enough you can almost predict what is about to happen with this narcissist so just to round up if you want to send me a message or anything um the Anchor app or the Anchor webpage does this really cool thing where you can actually send me a voice message through the Anchor app and um, I can add it onto the show later so you can send in your views or your opinions or your experiences even um, into the show through the app. And um, well, I say app, but you don't have to download anything. You can listen through or you can send it through the actual web page. So thank you very much for listening to episode three. That was Falling for the Narcissist. And you've been listening to Ignite Your Light with Zara Black.